following is a podcast from Echo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. For more info, check us out on Instagram at echo.victory. Awesome. How's it going, everybody? Good evening. My name is Sean Moore. Uh, In case we haven't met before, because most of you probably haven't, um, but uh, I'm on staff here at the church. I'm the overseer director of what we call Waymaker, which is our school of ministry here. Yeah, come on. You guys know Mariah. Mariah's a part of it in there. And so uh, some of you one day, God will put it uh, on your heart to be a part of Waymaker. But basically we raise up leaders into ministry. You guys get to, people get to work alongside Pastor Ben and a number of others alongside our staff. And man, it's an awesome opportunity. That's something you can look forward to on the other side of high school when you start to think about college. Can you guys imagine being in college? Does that seem like forever away right now. Just wait, man. Just wait. It's coming. It's coming. I can tell you it's so much better than middle school and high school. Okay? So look forward, my friends. The future is bright. All right? Hey, I just want to take a moment and pray for us as we get into this uh, today. I believe God wants to do something in your heart and in your life, man, that's real. I don't know about you, but I grew up in church. How many of you guys have grown up going to church? Exactly, right? You're used to it. You can put your hand down. You know when to raise your hand. You know just like right then, like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll raise my hand, right? We know when to raise our hands in worship. We know the right things to do, all that kind of good stuff. Going through the motions, it's easy to do that. I've been there, right? But I encourage you, man, I, I, I'm not satisfied with that. I hope you're not satisfied with that either. That God is actually real. He wants to show up in your life where you are today, and he wants to speak into your life. There's no age limit attached to that. You don't have to be so tall to hear from God in a dramatic way, and I believe he wants to do that today. Does that sound like a good idea? And by as well, you're here. You're already here. Let's get something good, all right? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your goodness and love toward us. Lord, I ask you by your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts and in our lives, Father God. You do an amazing work in our midst, Father. I just thank you so much that the things you want to say to and, and over these students, Lord, that it would be done in our time tonight. We give you all the thanks and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. All right. All right. Well, hey, man, I remember back in the good old elementary school days. You guys remember elementary school? It wasn't too long ago for a lot of you, right? For some of you anyway. But, man, back in, I mean, that's when all the cool stuff happened, like recess, right? You guys don't have recess anymore. What happened to that? What happened to nap time? Bring that back. Anybody agree with me? Bring back nap time, bring back recess. That's what I'm talking about. I remember one time, I think I was in somewhere in third or fourth grade, and I was out there at recess and, uh, and playing and stuff, right? But I saw a group of guys that were over there playing basketball, right? And so they're hanging out. I thought, man, I want to be a part of that. And so I jumped over, and I, especially as a kid, like, I'm not like a super, like, ooh, life of the party person, like, inviting myself into things, like, hey, guys, like, I, that's not me at, at all, all right? So I, I was kind of had to, like, work up a little bit of courage to go over to this group of guys that were playing and say, like, hey, guys, like, do you mind if I play? And so they just go, No. Sorry, we've already got full teams, right? And if you join, then we're going to have an uneven number of, te- of, of players on the team. And I was just like, in that moment, listen, I know, like, you know how, like, there's, like, moments in your life where it's just, like, you know in the big picture, like, it's not that big of a deal, but in the moment, like, it's a huge deal. 
And in that moment for me, like being told like, no, you can't play basketball with us because you're going to jack up our basketball game just felt like a slap in the face, right? It's like, what? And stuff starts to go on. And you've experienced that. We've all experienced some measure of that. The party that you didn't get invited to. Right? With a group of friends that you thought you were close with. And yet this, this was an, an event. And you find out after the fact that those two friends that you have, they went to whatever without you. And you didn't get the invite. Right? And so you start to now think about, wait a second, what, what is it? Maybe there's a mixture of you're mad at them. Why didn't they invite me? But then you also start to ask other questions about yourself. We start to feel like, wait a minute, wh- like what did I do? I thought we were close. Oh, oh wait, why didn't why wasn't I invited? Why wasn't I wanted at that event or in that place at that time? I mean, that would have been so much fun to have been a part of that. We've all felt and experienced some measure of that where we were on the outside looking in uninvited. And I think sometimes we can feel that way about God, that somehow God's guest list, if God threw a party and he had a big guest list, or it would actually be the opposite, that we imagine the guest list is kind of narrow, it's really select, you have to really have your act together, if you're going to get invited to God's party, you got to look a certain way, you got to talk a certain way to get in on God's party that he's throwing at his house, and it's so easy to fall prey to that and feel like, God, I, I can't be good enough for God. I can't be good enough to go to church today. You don't know what I did. You don't know what I said. You don't know where I am and where I come from. And we can project that same sort of feeling. And you know, that's not new. In fact, Jesus actually tells a story, and what, that's what we're going to dive into today. Because what happens whenever Jesus throws a party or God throws a, a party, and, and sometimes we wonder, like, do I have a seat? Is there a seat for me and God's party? You guys remember the good old days? Again, I'm just, I'm just feeling nostalgic right now. I'm, I'm waxing nostalgic right now. Back in the day, you know, play, playing a little bit of musical chairs. You guys play musical chairs, right? It's just the most, like, anxiety-ridden game on the planet, right? Music is playing. This is fun. Music stops. My life is over, right? It's the worst. Everybody's scrambling, shoving each other. There's only one seat available, and we can feel that way. With church, we can feel that way with God. Do I have a seat? Do I have a place? And Jesus addressed it. Jesus, I just want to set this in. We're going to read in, out of Luke chapter 14. If you have a Bible, digital version, physical version, whatever you have with you. But you can go ahead and jump into Luke chapter 14. If you're taking notes, write down Luke 14. But And that's where we see Jesus telling a story. He's in the midst of kind of like a party. They're gathering together. Everybody's eating. Jesus is sitting down. Everybody's chilling. And they're at what uh, a man who's a Pharisee. And that's basically the people that are the elite. These are like the leaders, religious leaders, political leaders. And Jesus is there in the midst of the people that if you and I were to see them today, we would say, well, of course, they would be the kind of people that would be invited to the party. They're the kind of people that everybody looks at and said, well, of course, they're the popular ones. They're the ones everybody knows. They're the ones that look good on the outside. But Jesus takes that expectation about who we think has the end with God and turns it on its head, as he so often does. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells this story. Jesus 14, uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus says, verse 16, A certain man was preparing a great banquet, a big party. He invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited. And he said, come, everything is now ready. So this man sent out 
the invite to everybody. But it says they all began to make excuses. Somebody say excuses. That was amazing. Let's try that again. Somebody say excuses. Come on, one more time like you mean it. Come on, excuses. Yes. Excuses. What is it? What came back? Some of the excuses came back like, hey, you know what? Uh, Sorry, I know you got that party, but I just bought a field. I know you've used that excuse, right? Sorry, mom and dad. I can't clean my room right now. I just bought a field. So please excuse me. I can't do that right now. And then another one said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I mean, didn't your parents just do that last week? And I'm on my way to try them out, so you got to excuse me. And another said, I just got married. I can't come. It's honeymoon time, my friend. I'm not not going to your party. And so all these people had these excuses. And so it came back then to the the master. The servant comes back to the master and said, you know, I sent out the invites, but this is what I got back. Nobody's coming to your party. Could you imagine throwing, like, your own birthday party and nobody shows up? Don't raise your hand if that happened to you because that is so sad. We, all right? But we'll pray for you in just a moment. But, right, but then this guy threw a party. Nobody showed up. What does it say in verse 21? This is the servant came back. He told his master. And then the owner of the house became angry. He's ticked. Why? I'm throwing my party. I'm all dressed up. And nobody's coming over. And he said, go out quickly into the streets. In the alleys of the town and bring in, wait, bring in who? Bring in the, the, the poor? Bring in the crippled? Bring in the blind and the lame? That doesn't sound like the A-list of people that you would invite to your party. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Like, are you sure that's who you want to invite? And he goes out and he does it. And then verse 22, it says that the servant comes back and said, you know what, what you said, I mean, I've invited him. But guess what? Even with those people there, there's still even more room. And then the master told his servant, okay, go out to the roads. Go to the country lanes. Compel them to come everywhere you can go. Why? So that my house will be full. Wow. And so Jesus, in the midst of this moment, understand he's telling this story to people who have an assumption about whenever God throws a party, who has a seat? Because they think, like we can all think, it's for perfect people. It's for people who have it all together on the outside. They don't have any questions. It's for people that already just, just have the package all together. Because you understand, the Pharisees, the religious people of Jesus' time, they looked really good on the outside. But you know what Jesus said about them? He said, you stink on the inside. He said, you search the scriptures. You know, they would memorize what we would call our Old Testament in the Bible right now. They would have parts of it memorized, right? They had it all down. He said, those things that you memorize, they talk about me, but you don't come to me and accept me. You reject me. So is it possible then that the people that we think, oh, yeah, they would have a seat. We see from this what Jesus said, no. Just because you've got it all together on the outside or it looks that way doesn't mean you have a seat. Is it possible that you and I can come to church and not know God? Is it possible that you can grow up in church and not know God? Let me tell you a really quick little, little story here. I remember one time being in my bed at night. This is a few, I don't know, six, eight, ten, something years ago. But I'm in my bed, right? 
chilling, reading my Bible, that kind of thing, writing down some notes or some thoughts. And in that moment, I had this thought. It said, Sean, you know, you're pretty much okay with being good, but apart from me. You're pretty much okay with being good, but without God. I was like, what? Because think about it. You're okay with just trying to do the good things that Christians are supposed to do and trying not to do the things that Christians aren't supposed to do? How is that different from the way the entire world lives? Trying to do more good stuff than bad stuff. You don't need God to do that. You understand that? You don't have to go to church. You don't have to know God to have some idea of a moral standard that there's a right and a wrong. That's true because you're human, not because you're Christian. Right? So it's like, man, why is that? Because, see, everybody in the party that Jesus was at thought you had to have it right by your perfect actions on the outside. But what Jesus was pointing them toward is that, no, it's about what's on the inside. And so, so Jesus gives them this picture that the people at the party aren't the people that you think are going to be at the party. It might actually be people that are the blind, the poor, the lame. In other words, it's the people that everybody else looks at and said, definitely not them. The people that it's just kind of like, I just want to push them off to the side. I don't want to give them a time of day. And listen, you might be in two different crowds today. You might be part of the first group that got the invite that says, you know what, I've gone to church. It's familiar. I know what to do. I know when to sing. I know the words to the songs. I, sometimes I bring my Bible. I'll read my Bible or whatever. But you know what? God is not real to you. But he's not real to you personally. It's a dangerous place to be, man. I hear, I've heard it multiple times from different people about the hardest people to oftentimes preach to or to reach are kids in Christian schools. Do you know why that is? It's because they're familiar with God, but they don't know him. They've heard about him, but they don't know him. They know all they think about when it comes to God is just rules. They think that being Christian means reading your Bible. People who don't know God read their Bible. People who don't know God or believe in some other God read other holy books. We're not the only, quote, religion, and I hate to use that term, but like we're not the only people that have a holy book that we read. So that's not what marks us. That's not what separates us. What marks us and separates is the fact that God is alive and he's real and he wants to be real in your life. And the people that ultimately respond to God are the people that realize it's not because I'm perfect. It's because I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. Because here's the thing. Jesus said, everybody's invited. That's one big takeaway. If you're taking notes, write that down. Everybody's invited. Everybody's invited. That's good news because you might be like, feel like me on the basketball court. Like, God, do I have a place? Am I here? Do I have to be more than I am? Because I, I don't feel like, maybe you're like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I'll never be good enough for God. I'll never be good enough to feel like I belong or whatever. And guess what? God says, you're good enough now. You're good enough today. They're not some future version of you. You're good enough right now because you're invited. Tell somebody next to you, you're invited. Tell your second choice, you're invited too. You're invited too. Tell them, you're invited. You're invited. Everybody's invited. But here's the thing. Everybody has a seat that God has right there for them to sit down in. But the question is, will you and I say yes to the invitation?
Because he's got a seat for you. It's for everybody. Even the people, listen, even the people that you look at and you think, how in the world could that person ever come to know Jesus? But especially those people. He says the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, people who have nothing better to do. Those are the people, ultimately, that Jesus is saying in his story, those are the people that are going to be in heaven. People that know that they're broken. People that know that they're messed up. Jesus said, I didn't come for the people that are, quote, righteous. He's basically referring to the Pharisees. The people that thought they were right because it seemed like they had their act together on the outside. I didn't come for the people that feel like they're okay. I came for the people that know they're not okay. Because those are the only people that qualify to receive the gift of life from Jesus instead of trying to earn it by their own actions. And that's the extension of, man, the goodness of God to you and to me. And so I want to ask the worship team to come on out and, and play. I, I just ask you, have you accepted the invitation that Jesus is talking about, man, to the party, to God's party? Could you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this invitation that we have. And you know what? I just want to say this. If you're here today, maybe you've, you've been coming to church, you're used to it, you're familiar. I just want to talk to that group first. If that's you in here, you say, you know what, I, I, I'm used to this, it's familiar. Maybe you've even raised your hand and prayed this prayer before because you know the moment of service that we're doing right now. Maybe you've raised your hand, you prayed this prayer before, but honestly, it, it just didn't, it wasn't maybe real in your heart what you were doing. But see, the reason why we, why we do this is because it's ultimately about putting our faith in Jesus. Jesus died on a cross for your sins and my sins. And listen, if we had to be perfect to get to heaven, Jesus didn't have to die for that. But he did. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to make people behave better. Jesus didn't come to make bad people into good people. Jesus came to take dead people and raise them to life. All of us, sin produces death, not just badness. Sin produces death within us. It separates us from God. So God has to come and say, you don't, you're not going to get a dead person to start doing things that living people do. It doesn't happen. You can't pressure them into it. They're dead. But that's the work that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, really does in our hearts and lives. He raises us up to where now we can walk with him. He raises us up so that we can know him intimately and we can experience his grace that helps us to live out life for him and with him. And if you don't know that you've received that, you don't know that you received Jesus in a way that's real in your heart, in your life, on the count of three, would you raise up your hand? And on the count of three, if those of you that are on the, on the other side of the equation that feel like I'm not invited, I don't think I'm good enough, I feel worthless, I feel like I'm so disqualified, how could God love me? How could he care about me, about where I am and what my family is and where we are? And it's just, it's so dark, it's so heavy, it's so whatever. Can I tell you, you're invited where you are right now, not just when you get it, your act together, not when all your questions are answered. No, right now, you're invited now, today. So on the count of three, if that's you as well, you want to respond to Jesus and make him the Lord of your life, would you raise up your hand on the count of three and put it back down? We're all going to pray together with you. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise up your hand for a second. I want to make Jesus Lord my life today. I don't know if it's awesome. I see it. I see it. I see it. Awesome. Awesome. Raise it up for a second and put it on back down. God bless you guys. Awesome. So excited for you. Anybody else? One more moment. Raise it up for a second and then put it back down. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, let's all repeat this prayer. Say it out loud together with me. And don't just repeat it in kind of like a ritualistic, just kind of half-hearted way. But mean it from your heart as you say it. Just repeat it after me, okay? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sins. And he rose from the dead so I could have new life. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And you are my Lord, and heaven is my home, and I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate with those that made that decision today? We're so excited for you guys, so excited. I encourage you to tell somebody about the decision. Tell a leader, somebody you feel comfortable telling about it, man, because we want to help you walk out that life, and we want to celebrate that with you. And, uh, man, we're going to worship God together. So let's go ahead and stand up.